On today's show, we're going to learn a little more about air from Mr. Drew Camp. Now, before we roll in today's show, if you're not signed up for any events, whether that's in person or a virtual event, take a look at the event calendar at events.mycontractuniversity and get signed up. They're all absolutely free for all members, so take advantage of it and sign up for classes today. Okay, well, let's get started with Drew. As I mentioned, he's going to continue the conversation regarding air and how we can convey information about air to our homeowners so they can make a great decision. Take it away, Drew. Well, welcome to another episode of Cracking the Code at EGA Contract University. I am Drew Cameron with Flow Odyssey, and I am going to be your host for this edition. And this week's edition is called Air 2, The Sustenance of Life, Part 1. Uh, I'm doing a, a, a kind of a series of uh, CTCs, Cracking the Codes as we like to call them here, on air. And uh, we did one on Air One, which is talking about the common problems uh, that people experience due to poor indoor air quality. But I want you to understand what is air so that you can make it understandable and tangible to your customers. And the information I'm gonna share with you in this segment, which is called Air Two, Part One, and then there'll be an Air Two, Part Two. Um, you can use this information uh, in your sales process, on service calls, on maintenance calls, on indoor air quality sales calls, on HVAC sales calls, as well as in your marketing materials on your website um, and uh, brochures, PDFs, downloadable handouts, and things of that nature. Uh, I also like to uh, uh, record this, and we actually did this years ago, and we put it online, excuse me, not online, on, on hold messaging with a couple of my clients. You'll see some of the language that you can use is kind of good for on hold messaging, um, radio commercials, TV commercials, uh, website videos, all kinds of ways to deploy this information. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right in and understand what air is, because it truly is the sustenance of life. Did you know, uh, do you know, you, the, uh, the, oh, let's back up. Do you know what you are breathing and rebreathing, right? Yes, it's air, but you are also rebreathing air that other people have breathed, right? And so when you think about that, now that's a little disgusting, right? Because somebody was breathing something and they might be a little funky, right? If you see them and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm consuming what they just consumed. I feel like, like, taking somebody else's lollipop and putting it in your mouth after they had it in their mouth, right? It's kind of disgusting. You wouldn't do that, right? But we do it consciously or other consciously or unconsciously, subconsciously. We just breathe other people's air. We just don't even think about it, right? But think about that, right? Are you thinking about what you're thinking about? Are you thinking about what you're breathing? Some 10,000 trillion organisms live in every human. For each one of our cells, there's a microbial cell which lives in and on us. Okay, according to Dr. Michael Stephen, and he's author of Breathtaking. It's all about human lungs. And so there's all kinds of microbes that are in us and on us. And so we have those microorganisms in us. And then we breathe and then we exhale and other people breathe what we breathe in and vice versa. Right. So that's if you really think about it, pretty disgusting. And hence, obviously, the coronavirus. And when that happened, we were all rebreathing and whatnot, and you know, viruses and bacteria and colds and flu. And, and now you understand why this stuff is all transmissible here. It's all based on the, you know, being airborne. So basically, humans are essentially half human and the other half is microbe. Again, 
not any more pleasing here. Pretty disgusting here. And if you go a little bit further here, most civilized men and women are unwilling to put on underclothing that has been taken off by another person or put into their or, or food or uh, drink that's put into their mouths. Um, it's recently been consumed by other people and put into their mouths without taking hesitation uh, without hesitation into their lungs, uh, air that has just come out of another person's mouth or lungs or in close contact with their soiled clothing and bodies, right? So like we wouldn't do that like consciously, but we do it unconsciously or other consciously. And that's based off of uh, ventilation and heating. From 1893, we started thinking about this because again, they were fighting tuberculosis back then. So when you take that all into consideration, how much air do we rebreathe uh, from other people when we're together indoors, right? This is not as big of an issue outdoors because that air is being diluted, uh, you know, based on, uh, you know, the outdoor air as well as the breeze. But the CO2 level, the carbon dioxide level uh, that's out there can give you a good indication. So David Elstrom, he's an engineer, he determined that about uh, 1,500 parts per million of CO2, uh, at 1,500 parts per million of CO2, we're inhaling about 3% of rebreathed air. I don't care if it's a half a percent, it's pretty disgusting, right? So it came out of someone else's body and again, they're microbes and you know, I don't know where your body's been. So it can have a little bit of fun with this too. But again, I'm not trying to use this to weaponize it or, or put the fear into anybody, but were you even aware of it? And you are in this space, you are in the heating, cooling and indoor air quality space and were you even aware of it? Do you think your homeowners are aware of it that you're serving and the businesses that you're serving, right? But understand this, this is where I, I kind of put together some of the educational market materials that I think are pretty compelling here. So air is invisible and silent, but is loaded with stuff and that, and that speaks volumes. And so are you seeing it and are you hearing it? And are you paying attention to it and doing anything with it? When you come to realize that air should be nutritious, not poisonous. But is the air that you're breathing actually making you sick? Is it impacting your health? And the answer is yes. Because even the American Lung Association says that 50% of all illness, 50% of all illness is either caused by or aggravated by poor indoor air quality. And if you really think about this, people get so excited about the, you know, drinking the water and eating food and whatnot. Uh, and we only drink about a half a gallon of water a day to a gallon of water a day. And we eat about two to three pounds worth of food per day. And we're all worried about the nutritional value and the cleanliness of that all. In fact, some of it has to even be organic for some of you. And some of you have to buy this super high-end water. But if you think about it, like we consume so little of that per day. However, we breathe 20, 27 to 32 pounds of air, nine times more than the food that we eat. That's about, roughly about 3,000 gallons. And again, it's broken down there. But we take about 23,000 breaths a day as an average adult human. Kids take more because they, they breathe a little bit more shallow. And so your children are breathing even more air than you are. And thinking about all of that, and, and 3% of that is being rebreathed air. Right, 90% of or 18,000 breaths are basically from conditioned, that's conditioned, right, because it's indoor, but it's dirty and it's particulate, uh, particle-filled indoor air, and we do that every 24 hours. And there, there are poisons that are actually in that air that get into the uh, airstream, into our lungs, into our bronchial tubes, and then processed through our blood into our lymph system, and that's obviously what gives us brain fog and, um, Lethargy makes us a little bit tired, a little bit, you know, lack of focus and some of the allergic reactions that we experience. Here's the reality of it is there's no such thing as an, uh, an environmental uh, allergy. You might have them and you might take pills and you might get shots for environmental allergies, 
But come to realize this, and if you think about the logic behind this, it'll make sense. If you're having an environmental uh, allergic response, what you're telling me is that you're allergic to earth, but you are part of earth, you came from earth. No, you are having a hypersensitive response to something in your environment. And it's because your body has other contaminants in it that is fighting off and it can't take on obviously what you're, you're consuming. And so that hypersensitive response is usually probably a factor of your gut biome. And so when you get your gut biome right, like I did a few years ago, I got away from the allergy pills. I got away from the, uh, you know, the allergy shots that I had to take. I haven't had really an, uh, an allergy attack you know, for quite some time because again, I got my immune system working the way that it should so it can deal with all the toxins that I take on and I don't have the hypersensitive response that I used to have to the environment. Now you can have food allergies, that's a different animal. Um, so um, anyway, when you think about that stat right there, the, those number of breaths that we take in, that's an incredible 425 cubic feet of air every day from which we take in 40 to 70,000 airborne particles of contaminants with every breath that we take, which is up to 200 million particles because there's 30 million dust particles alone, just dust particles and other contaminants present in each cubic foot of indoor air. And so you start to see how this starts to compound and add up. And therefore, our nose, our throat, our, our lungs, our blood, and our lymph systems must deal with over 7 billion particles a day. 7 billion particles. And of all sizes, right? Stuff that we can see and stuff that we can't see. And it's the stuff that you can't see that can really hurt you, right? And so air should uh, nourish us and sustain us. It shouldn't poison us in our homes and our children and our loved ones. But it does, and we don't even think about it. Because again, air is invisible. It's not like we can bottle it like we do bottled water, right? That'd be great if we could make air tangible and bottle it, but we can't. And so our job is to help it be visible to the customer through some of the things that we can do in the home. And we talk about that in some of the training that we do. But moving on, smaller particles under 10 microns called fine particles, they get deep into the lungs and the tissue and they cause the serious health problems. And beyond the fine particles, when you get down to the sub-micron uh, uh, particles, those are like the um, smallest particles, which are one and less than one micron. And a micron, by the way, is the, the width of a human hair. Um, you know, one micron is the width, excuse me, of one one thousandth, uh, one one hundredth of an inch of a human hair. One one, excuse me, one micron is one one hundredth of a human hair, and those are called the ultrafine particles. These particles are so fine that they dance in the air. They they stay suspended in the air. They're too light to get actually caught in the airstream and then be pulled back through the duct system and be filtered out and captured or or zapped by your uh, air quality devices. And so they get into the deepest part of your lungs, the bronchial tubes and the fila and the filaments down there. They obviously then tie into your lymph system. And the only way to get, you know, get rid of them is they go through the blood. And when they're processed into the blood, I mean, they impact you, you know, clarity, focus, uh, sleep, brain fog, things of that nature. So, uh, they, and it can cause even more uh, serious health issues there. Most of the fine and ultrafine particles are permanently suspended in the air, essentially weightless, and that was including you know, coronavirus there. And so what has to happen, that's where these ionizers come into play. And so they act as the street sweepers, right? The positive and ne negative ions can kind of help with these water droplets and get these particles to kind of clump and collect together as a glob, and then, then they're weight, uh, weighted enough to where they'll be captured in the airstream, circle back, and your filter and your purifier can go ahead and get those uh, virus carrying moisture droplets as well. But most airborne allergies and respiratory irritants are less than 0.3 microns in size, 
right? 0.3 microns is more than 600 times smaller than the tip of a pencil point, basically invisible. I mean, you know, to the naked eye. Now we can probably see it with a, 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 micron, a microscope or electron microscope, but particles this small have the best chance of being inhaled. Uh, you know, because again, they're just walking, they're just kind of walking around amongst this, right? Because again, they're too light to get filtered out. So they're just dancing here for me to get. And I'm, I'm breathing those in, and they're not seen by the naked eye. And particles smaller than that pass through the lungs right into the bloodstream. So as you can see, that we have this compounding effect going on, and, any, and, and then these moisture droplets that carry the virus and the mold and the bacteria are you know, dancing around in the air for us to, to kind of breathe on in. And our children, okay, are 50%, uh, inhale 50% more per body weight than most adults, hence that taking in those more breaths as we saw earlier. And therefore, they tend to be a little bit more um, sensitive to the air quality. Also, what, uh, anybody who's maybe a loved one, elderly or otherwise, that has a chronic illness, allergies, asthma, COPD, or other respiratory conditions, or those requiring oxygen, are also impacted by this. So considering the facts, you know, we need to be just as conscious about the air that we breathe as we, and the nutritional value of it as the, and, and the freshness and quality of it as we are the food that we consume. So your respiratory system should never be burdened with the polluted air any more than your digestive system is insulted with contaminated food and water, meaning you wouldn't drink dirty water or, dirty, or eat dirty food, yet you're doing that with the air. Okay, when you become aware of it, you can take steps to purify and clean that up, right? And so you wouldn't feed your family that kind of dirty you know, stuff and, and force them to drink you know, out of a mud puddle. But in essence, you're breathing through a vacuum cleaner bag when you really think about it. And that's where they're getting harmed. And, and we're getting harmed as well. As such, we should also view our home uh, comfort system and the ducts as the lungs are our home. It's responsible for circulating the air that we breathe and having the ability to clean and purify that air as well as eradicate any viruses or bacteria or, or flu organisms you know, that are, are, are present. And if you really think about this, air is the only nutrient that you can't live without for even five minutes. You can go out uh, without food for days. You can go out uh, without water for days even. You might get some headaches and you might feel a little tired and whatnot, and, but uh, you, you can do it. Um, and many people do it obviously when they do a cleanse, but you can't live without air for even five minutes, unless you're like David Blaine and you go on some kind of uh, escapade that he does, right? But if you think about it and you care for the air that you breathe, it will take care of you. That being said, as a member, you are the mission. And so we will pick up on the other side with air two, part two, the sustenance of life next time. Until then. Awesome content there from Drew, as always. Now listen, we want you to share this on Facebook and know this, if you're not a member, you should be. And if you're not, click the link below and you're gonna get a free trial for 30 days. We'll give you access to all of our content and you're gonna learn a ton of stuff to grow your business. Well, that's it for this week, folks. We'll see you next time. Until next time, bye-bye, friends.